two, one. Welcome to this week's uh, Backdoor GA podcast. My name is Kieran Noble and I'm stepping in for Paul this week. It's great to have you here today, Dan. Thanks, Kieran. What did you think of the games at the weekend? I thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, I think both, you know, provided the neutral with uh, various different uh, aspects that were, I suppose, very entertaining in a ways. I was very interested to see how Galway were going to set up against Mayo. Obviously, Mayo were further down the road, much more experienced and have sort of dominated uh, Connacht football for quite a while now. So I was interested to see how Joyce would set up, especially in Crook Park. And, you know, you would have to say that Galway, you know, Galway impressed me to a certain uh, to a certain extent with how, how they did uh go about the game but I think Mayo's class and a wee bit of power and experience just just shone through a wee bit and obviously run out winners and then for the first 20 minutes I thought Cork were going to give Kerry a bloody nose um, but just that Kerry took when and just went up a gear and Cork couldn't live with them and uh, absolutely annihilated them and from looking onto it they didn't look as if Cork won or Kerry won the beat Cork, it looked as if they wanted to embarrass Cork, and that's certainly what they went out to achieve. And uh, certainly what they did, it, it was a very embarrassing defeat. Redemption for last year, I suppose. Totally. And uh, yeah, they, you know, obviously Cork were smarting from beating, beating, beating Kerry last year um, in, the, in the last few minutes of the game. But that last year's result obviously was was a bit of a freak year, obviously temporarily then turned around big Cork. So in, in my eyes, it was all for nothing. Cork beating Kerry if they didn't go on and uh, obviously get to Coke Park and stuff. So um and and minimally win that conic title and and ter- temporarily deservedly beat them in the final. Uh but you know Cork, uh, Kerry had a lot of soul searching to do over the winter, a lot of questions asked the players and management and you know they certainly they certainly answered that in style on Sunday. They just, you know, with David Clifford being off form, even uh, his his brother Paddy obviously was exceptional man of the match and stuff like that. Um, Sean O'Shea was absolutely magnificent as well and dominating as they did around the middle. Uh, they just look in really good shape now. And yes, people might ask questions of their defence, but oh god i just think that there's so many different options going forward that uh any defensive uh concerns that they may have might be mitigated by the players that that they do have going forward i know definitely i think if you look at the weekend like you said david clifford probably had an off day he only got one point but the amount they managed to get on the board just shows it's not just all about him they've got options everywhere absolutely and uh when you see that, when you see Kerry Stormon, best player in Ireland, you could make a case that he's the best player in Ireland uh, at this time. Uh, and when, when he is being obviously well marshaled like that, and, and uh, you have to give uh, fair juice for, for the defensive work that was done there, um, that uh, when, when that's the case, you, you have to sort of, you have to give credit to the Kerry players that stepped up and contributed and they were just very, very slick. Even even uh, Jack Barry, you know, who was very, very strong there. And I you know Kerry Kerry just looked really well 
well coached. They obviously look very hungry, uh, very powerful, and they really do seem that they're playing uh, at a bit of a different level this year. Um, it's early days yet, uh, and obviously throwing them on him, they've that side of the draw. They play the winners of this weekend, so they will watch it closely. But you know, when you look at we, you know, Dublin aren't infallible. It doesn't appear that they are anymore. Um, so, you know, Mayo looks strong coming on their side as well. So they'll fancy their chances going in against Dublin. Um, and with the players like O'Shane Mullen and stuff in a year older, a year more experienced, I just I just see uh, Tommy Conroy, boys like that. You know, you, you would just, you would make an argument that it's not a given that Dublin are going to make the final either, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think um, everyone always talks about how good David Clifford is. And obviously he is brilliant and he's like one of the best talents probably the game's ever seen. But his brother, Paddy, the work rate he has, I think some people are surprised how long he got overlooked for. And now he's only really breaking through on the scene. Like he's just so good. Yeah, and he's, you know, obviously he's a long way to go before he'd be akin to like a Daglan O'Sullivan and stuff. But Daglan O'Sullivan you know, was probably a bit of an unsung hero as far as Kerry's concerned. Yes, he's all-stars and all MLs and stuff like that, but Dagno Southern was a ph- phenomenal player, just a, a class player where he made a lot of made a lot of stuff tech there and Kerry four lines over the years for Kieran Donaghy, Gooch, uh, obviously Galvin was there as well, but but Dagno, Dagno Southern was a phenomenal player and, and Paddy Clifford doesn't play unlike him, you know, he's very attack-minded Obviously, they're, they were both left-sided players as well, which uh, adds to the wee bit of mistake to have around any left-footed player. They seem to have a wee bit, wee bit in them, you know. And uh, but Paddy Clifford is with his hard running there and his ability just to to be raw and go straight down the neck of teams. I think, uh, you know, they're talking about Paddy Clifford as being you know, nominated for play of the year this year yeah. as opposed to David. Which brother? It, which brother's going to I know. It, it, would, it would be quite ironic if, if two brothers ended up being uh, being nominated for the for, for the play of the year this year, depending on how David goes, obviously, for the for the rest of the year. But I still think David Clifford will be there or thereabouts come match day. You know, sometimes it takes a, an odd off day for them to get, uh, to get that wee bit of bite and wee bit of sharpness back, you know. And it prepares them for, 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 for bigger tests down the line, you know. I think um now I don't know about like free championship, but I think now people would say Kerry are probably the favourites ahead of Dublin going on form. I think. Would you agree with that? Or well, certainly, yeah. I, I, you would certainly make a case that you know, obviously, we we have we have talked about vulnerability in Dublin whether that be under the high ball at times over this last decade and stuff. And Dublin have always answered the questions when it's put to them. Um, so we can't we can't get too hysterical about what Dublin, uh, what uh, perceived weaknesses are now within Dublin. I think the fact that Stephen Clutchin is gone uh, is is a is a massive is a massive thing. From from a couple of cases, he he always led it. And um, even in the latter years, even if he didn't play a lot of National League football, he was in around the squad and he was obviously very influential still with the players and standards. And the fact that I would think that players were as afraid of Stephen Cluxon's wrath as they were any management. 
the fact that he's not there anymore um, maybe leaves a bit of a void there um, where the reliance is now completely and solely on the management. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how life uh, and how Dublin, this Dublin team's reacts. Now, I think it's going to be uh, this weekend's game and the last defend versus Kildare again will give us an indication of of Dublin and how well prepared they are for this year. You can't say that they're not favourites still for the All Ireland. They definitely are, yeah. but surely you know the gap has closed between Kerry and Mayo certainly. Um, so again, this this weekend will prove a lot in terms of most of the final. Will also prove a lot in terms of Dublin and and Kildare. Jack O'Connor will have Kildare up for it. They'll also have a wee bit of confidence given what Meath could do when when they when they started to play in the second half. But certainly Dublin, you know, they've Stephen Cluxton's away. A number of our guys are retired, and they're not easily. Um, they're not easily replaced. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Dublin get on this weekend. Still see that they'll win. Obviously, they'll win. Um, but it's, it's, it is it's about aesthetics now for Dublin. How, how they win. Yeah, absolutely. But I suppose we've talked about how good Kerry are, but we can't get away from how good Mayo are looking as well. Like in that second half, they were levels above Galway. They just pulled no, away from them. Connor Lofters and Maddie Ruan were outstanding, I thought. They were, and uh, you know, when when you look at it, I know people have given them a hard time, which I still would would struggle to see the logic in. But the likes of Aidan O'Shea still put in a super performance. Yes, he mightn't be getting huge amount of scores, but certainly, you know, he's putting in the tackles, he's doing the work, he's attracting a lot of abuse, carrying the ball through tackles and breaking lines. So you know, Aidan O'Shea still remains a, a massive player for Mayo, and he's. I suppose he's 31 now and he's a real talisman. He's obviously the captain as well. But Lee Keegan's still there. He's still playing really, really well. You've got uh, Paddy Durkin as well at the back. You know, Kevin McLaughlin came on at half time and obviously played extraordinarily well. So he, he'll, have, he'll have asked the question as well. Of um, He'll have asked the question of the management there. So, so you know, when you add that and the younger boys that's coming in, like Oshie Mullen, uh, like Conroy is coming in, uh, I I think it looks very very bright for Mayo. Um, and dare I say it, they they won't, they never really have feared Dublin, um, per se. Last year was a wee bit different, where there was no crowd in Croke Park, and it was about about getting an All Ireland final done. Uh, this year I think it's a wee bit different, where there obviously will be spectators allowed into a semi final. There'll be a wee bit of noise about it. There will be a wee bit of hype. And Mayo have always competed with Dublin. You have to give them that. They've always competed. Might not always won, obviously didn't, but have always competed. So I'd be quite excited about what Mayo can bring to the table this year. And I think they'll definitely close the gap and they'll not be afraid to show that, you know. The one you mentioned there is Oshin Mullen. He's like outstanding, I think, this season. One of the best players in Ireland, probably. Yeah, and and he certainly, uh, you know, he's he's got the ponytail and all rocking on, so he's gonna be he's gonna be always always, you know, it's like when the white boots started to be in fashion at, at the time, uh, the you know they're instantly recognisable when when they're on the ball. But Mullen, I have to say that he he backs up, uh, he backs up his uh, his uh, his look with performances. Very very good player and. 
and you can see why he's he's becoming sort of an automatic chair at the uh, uh, at the back. You know, I think he was playing centre back and centre half back on uh, on, on on at the weekend there. So it'll be interesting to see if that's going to be his his permanent position or will he be the go to um, man marker going forward on on the likes of Conal Callahan and stuff like that. But you know, he may all have a few weeks before they start doing the preparation work. So I would say, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about what Mayo can take to the table in Coke Park. Yeah, I suppose we have to talk about Galway and maybe that's why Paul's not here today. Maybe he's in hiding or something. <laughs> uh, he's, hiding. he's still hiding <laughs> in the cupboard. Yeah, but uh, I thought in the first half, you know, because everyone's talked about their identity struggles this year. But I thought in the first half there was positives for them. Damien Comer was causing all sorts of issues. Shane Walsh was doing well, but it all just fell apart in that second half. It did. And uh, Comer, you would have to say, it still goes back to those two main men, Shane Walsh and Comer, that were doing the damage. Unfortunately, um, you know, and they had a bit of help uh, throughout the throughout the field. Um, at midfield, you, you, you had... Uh, the, the guy, his name escapes me just in the middle of the field. Um, uh, yeah, we kicked a couple of points, but you know, you do, you do have, you do have other guys kicking in there, but it really solely comes down to Comer and uh, Shane Walsh, and you know, Galway are still overly reliant on those those individuals. Um, and the big problem was, or the big issue is that Mayo just have an all round better team when you look at their defence and when you look at what they have up front and what they look, what they have in the in the middle of the park as well. They're just an all round more experienced, better team. And Galway's going to take a bit of time to get there. Yes, they're young, they're building, uh, but you would have to say for for them, you take the positives from their first half performance, and they just run out of steam then in the second half, and they just didn't have that didn't have that big game experience to to suppose go to the wire with Mayo. And I think that's what it comes down to. You know, they'll hope to add to their squad. They'll hope. Obviously, in our years' experience, will will bring something. But uh, you know, there there is kind of rays of 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 light there for them. Um, but I still think they need to work on that defensive structure. Obviously, the two goals were two massive scores for them. Um, but you you would have to say aside from that, you know, goal in the second half were very disappointing. Yeah. I have to say, though, even when Galway did go up in the first half, I kind of had a feeling that Mayo just would have that extra gear for them in the second half. They were, and, you know, obviously, and they were kicking points there, and they were, the, the goals were obviously big scores, but Mayo kept chipping away at the points and taking their points, and, uh, you know, obviously, chipping away as a result of that. If, you, if you're getting a goal, it's a score, it's not one score. Uh, uh, but if you're kicking three points in a row, it's a wee bit demoralising for the opposition, you know. Um, so Mayo were winning that as far as the statistically, as far as the, the score, the the score taken was concerned. They were just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, goal away, and and it just really was was a wee bit inevitable that Mayo's goals were going to come because they were getting they were getting in too easy. Um, and again, that comes back to the frailties that Galway have at the back and. And probably the structure though, sir. Yeah. So now we know that Kerry are in one spot, Mayo are in the other spot. Now this week we have Tyrone versus Monaghan in the Ulster final on Saturday and then Dublin versus Kildare. What are you feeling about those games or how are you feeling? I think I think the Tyrone Monaghan game will be very tight. Um I think you know you've got a Tyrone team that 
uh, or building. Certainly, they haven't had top form yet. Yes, they dispensed with Don- Donegal in the last round, albeit Donegal had Mickey Murphy sent off. Um, Mickey uh, Murphy also missed a penalty before he was he was uh, given his marching orders. And at times, Tyrone struggled to put a 14-man Donegal team away. So you would you would have to say that Tyrone are building but haven't had top form. Um, another issue that they have is worth play Cahill McShane and Colin McKenna. Uh, obviously, you know, both haven't nailed down first 15 starting places, which is quite uh, it's quite amazing when you think about McShane and uh, McKenna. McKenna, they fought hard to keep him in Ireland. Uh, and you, you look at his pace, you look at his all-round ability, his aerial power, his running power and you know yes there is tweaks to his game where he has to improve on decision making kick pass and stuff like that breaking the lines and know when to be patient but you know you would still put him in the centre position of the team McShane different type of player but brilliant uh, but brilliant target man of full forward and again you're, you're in a situation where McShane has come on this last couple of games kicked two or three points and looks very very sharp but you know can they can Tyrone afford not to have these boys starting? In my mind, they can't. Uh, and yes, Doher and Logan are open for a very specific set of players that are about making their role in the team, uh, making the team tick by, by carrying out a specific function and a specific role. But really, you need McKenna and you need McShane when it comes to a final or a big game like that because they're your big game players. Um, I and I think those are decisions that Throne are going to be making this week. Do we start them or do we hold them back? And I just think that they have to start them if they hold them back. Uh, I think they could find themselves in a real dogfight with us, a very, very spirited Monon team who, yes, they still rely on Conor McManus, but you know, they're they're getting a bit of help from Jack McCarr, from Conor McCarthy, um, from Darren Hughes, and Kieran Hughes is coming in there and adding to it. And O'Hanlon come on and, and, and kicked a, 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 a lovely uh, insurance point the last day. So you would have to say that it's, I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. Would I be surprised? I think, would I be surprised if Monaghan turned around and beat them? Absolutely not. Um, I think it's a, it's going to be, it could go to extra time. I would actually have a strong feeling that it will go to extra time. And, um, but I think Throne have just a wee bit too much from an all-round perspective, players' perspective. Um, and, you know, Monaghan will have their spirit. They will have their togetherness. They'll have that dog work, working ethic. But when it comes down to it, I think Throne will just have a wee bit too much. Um, that's how I see it. But listen, I just think it's going to be very, very tight either way. I think I've seen Monaghan all their games throughout the league and Throne as well. And, in the championship too but with every game both teams have actually got better I think and built on their last performance yeah and, and Monaghan were you know Armagh were very confident that they would get to an Ulster final and you could see there that when Armagh took the lead by two points you could see that Monaghan suppose they had to arrest the momentum that Mon- uh, Armagh had taken and to do that in the game anybody will tell you it's very, very difficult when momentum's moving against you to arrest that, to, to stop it and go and, and, and win a game. And that's precisely what Monaghan done. He came from two points down within the last five minutes to, to win by two, a four-point turnaround. And 
And that wasn't an easy thing to do. And it just shows you how spirited and good this uh, money inside are. And uh, I think McEnany has done a wonderful job there. Obviously, he took in Donny. Is it Donny Buckley? He's in with his backroom team as well. And obviously, that has, has worked really, really well when obviously Connor Lowry can back it down as well. So, I, I, I you know, you can't not admire what Monaghan take to the table. And, you know, as we've seen from last year, if you have spurred and togetherness within the squad, like Calvin did, it can, it can win you an Ulster title. I went to uh, Tyrone versus Monaghan a few years ago in the All-Ireland semi-final. And it was quite boring, the game itself. Like, there wasn't a lot of scores in it. But this year, I think they could shoot the lights out, like two class forward <laughs> lines. Yeah, it's the way the football has been going, hasn't it? Like, and, uh, you know, there seems to be, uh, whether it's an all-out attack and philosophy or a lack of contact at the back, you know, Jimmy McGuinness, I think, made yeah. the this during the week that the defensive, defensive uh, uh, skills are, are severely lacking and that people are not taking defensive duty seriously. Um, and that it's it's not a case that football is getting better. It's a case that football is getting worse, certainly from a defensive perspective. Um, it's really ironic that that, that Jimmy, Jimmy would say that, you know. Um, but I think there's there's I think there's an argument on both sides. I think there is a mixture of both there. I think the referees are are being overly cautious when it comes to the tackling. That you know they are blowing a lot more than they used to. The physicality isn't as much there as what it used to, and obviously. Uh, teams are deciding to be a wee bit more offensive there um, than defensive because the model is that o- offense works and defense doesn't and, and people that haven't adopted that have paid the price you know I think as well with the Ulster teams like I'd say Dublin and Kerry are better at the whole attack and defense like the transition but Ulster teams are trying to find that balance at the minute especially to round with the new management like they're kind of playing around with it they are, and, and listen, we talked earlier about Galway and, and the big criticism I would have of Galway is the lack of identity when it comes to defensive structure. You know, Kevin Walsh, I suppose, was, was castigated to a certain degree, particularly in Galway, about how defensive their strategy was. And, but there's, there, that got them a, a conic title, a couple of conic titles. It got them into Cook Park. It got them to an National League final. got them to an All-Iron semi-final. And you would have to say, in large part, they were very, very competitive and very hard to beat. Um, so I suppose Duhar and Logan will have saw that. They'll have saw the good work that has been, went on in Tyrone for this last 10 years on their heart and Gavin Devlin. And they'll say, right, well, there's no point in throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. We still need the defensive structure, the tightness of it. Can we improve the transition play? Can we improve the offensive play? Can we be a wee bit more pleasing on the A from a tagging perspective? And the answer to all that is yes, they can, but they're doing it very, very slowly. I think with the additions of Callum McShane and, and, and McKenna, I think they can certainly help that, uh, help that transition play. I also think Darren McCarty is playing exceptionally well. And coming off the shoulder there, McCurry just is uh, obviously playing out of his skin at the minute. And yeah, obviously you've got other players there, Molly Donnelly, uh, very consistent players there that are producing the goods as well. So listen, I think I think Toronto are just a wee bit uh, they're 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 just finding their feet a wee bit, but but building and building uh, and if you're winning and building, that's that's only good. I don't know how you feel about this, but 
for years I didn't really rate him, but now I think he's done really well this year at the small things. Connor Myler, he's doing a lot, like kind of bringing things together, like the unseen work or the underappreciated work, really. Oh, absolutely. And uh, listen, in, in that position, I've played it myself over the years. In that position, you can go through a whole game and, and you know, the probably the only people that will recognise your qualities are maybe the statistical man, the amount of interceptions that you make or the amount of uh, assists that you make and the people that were actually game and see the amount of work that you go through. It's a very unforgiving position, half forwards, wing half backs. Um, and to a certain degree at wing half back you're facing you're facing up the field and you're facing the ball and you're coming onto the ball to a certain degree it can be it can be an easier game to play whereas in half forward you're always going back towards your own goal picking the ball having the turn then you're facing up the field um, so you know there's there's obviously there's merit in being out the field you certainly wouldn't want to be stuck in the full forward line or the full back line nowadays but Yet Myler has been exceptional, and for me, you know, he brings so much quality. Uh, and obviously, you know, his his influence in the Donegal match was was clear to be seen, and, and man, the match performance uh, was richly deserved. So it's 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 a game where at that level in the half forward line, you can have really good days like he had, and you can have quieter days, and you just have to accept the management and fans have to accept that. Some days that happens, uh, but it's to stick with those guys that are willing to carry out that road. And certainly, Myler is one of the players. You know. The last thing I'll say about this game before we do a quick synopsis of the Kildare Dublin game is I suppose Monaghan have a lot of character. I think no matter what happens, they're just going to keep coming after round. And I think that's oh, what yeah. really built on. Brilliant. And, and I, I put it akin to uh, a boxing match where it's an underdog and you know, they're just willing to keep coming back and back and back and back and swinging and swinging. And Monaghan, they have spurt. If you could bottle Monaghan's spurt and put it in the teams, you could go a really long way. They have spurt in abundance. And, and that is the one thing that Monaghan have never lost, no matter who has managed them, Bantage, uh, O'Rourke, uh, whoever has, has managed to uh, oversee Monaghan have always had those key characteristics with, within their teams and that is spurt never say day attitude and the over-reliance in Conor McManus has, has obviously went against them in, in some championship campaigns it seems now that he's getting a wee bit more help um, and that can only be good for the team going forward and um, when the, when you look to prepare with life without McManus or even if McManus has a bad day so you know that spurt is going to be much uh, heightened this week uh, as well given given the tragedy this that Monaghan have have went through this last uh, I suppose couple of weeks and on the back of under 20 uh, Ulster final as well this week weekend um, you could see a, a Monaghan team that are very uh, Emotionally charged and, and very up for for any match against their own. Let's 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 be let's be frank about that. Yeah. So the last bit on this, who would you go for? If the gun was put to the head. Who would you say? Gun, uh, gun was put to the head. Oh, I think it'll go to extra time, and I think Tyrone will maybe just have enough. Yeah. And then I suppose Dublin and Kildare. Like, what can you say about that? Like. 
Well, this is an win one for Dublin, isn't it? Um, you know, coming off our disappointing performance, you could say not a disappointing result, but disappointing performance against Meath with the game they had they had it won, and then Meath obviously came roaring back into the game and ended up there was only three points in it. So Dublin will be disappointed. They'll also be there'll be a wee bit of uh, there'll be a wee bit of pressure on them now too. But they've dealt with that before. Um, and I think you'll see a very slick Dublin side in Croke Park that are that are willing to send a statement out, you know, and Kildare struggled to beat Westmead, done well, don't get me wrong, but it was still a bit of a struggle to get past them. Uh, one convincing and, you know, wouldn't have the resources that Dublin have throughout the team. Yes, there's some individual brilliant players and they've a very, very cute and Wiley, uh, Mon and Jack O'Connor, um, well prepared, well set up, but I, you know it's probably a wee bit too soon for them when it comes to when it comes to Dublin, and I think you'll see Dublin with a bit of a statement of intent uh, this weekend. Uh, call it a revenge match if you want, uh, insofar as the the performance and maybe the critics that criticism that they, they received from from me show from the Meath game so. You know, you see Conal Callahan, Kilkenny, you see Brian Fenton all stepping up. Um, Niles Scully, you'll just see them just just a wee bit more edgy this weekend, probably, and uh, you can see them really doing a proper number in Kildare. I think that's the main difference between the Leinster and Ulster Championships. Dublin kind of ease through with, like, no real issues, whereas in Ulster, they go through a bit of hard weather, they go through a few tough tests, and, you know, they come out the other side, whoever wins, but Dublin kind of go unkind of challenged until the semi-finals usually. Absolutely, and that probably probably in the last few years that has uh, been an advantage to teams in other provinces where they haven't been tested, they haven't had to go to war in every single game. And uh, don't get me wrong, there's one set of games within Ulster, but even even look at last year when Calvin Calvin beat uh, Donegal. Um, and and won won an Ulster and won an Ulster title. So you would you would have to make the argument that while Ulster is the most competitive pro- province, I'm not sure if it's, that's an advantage anymore, given the fact that when they get into Cook Park, you're meeting Dublin teams, Kerry teams, and Mayo teams that are much fresher, and uh, that seem to be able to pick for, uh, you know, whether it be Super Eights, quarterfinals, semi-finals, uh, whereas Ulster almost seems like a championship in itself where they're going to lower war much more often and much more tighter games. And the flip side of the coin is that, that the likes of Dublin's, Kerry's, Mayo's, Galway's, they would be making the point that, well, Ulster teams are much more prepared for battle when it comes there. So, But you're, you're talking about a year's, you're talking about six months of training to try and pick for May, June and July, whereas Dublin, Kerry, Cork, Galway, Mayo can do, you know, can start much long, uh, much later in the year and pick for August, uh, August or September when you're talking about quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, you know. So there is a big disparity and a big difference, but hopefully in any restructure, you would hope that that's going to even up uh, right across, uh, right across all counties that are competing at that top level. Well, I guess your obvious answer is Dublin are going to be Kildare. Dublin are going to win, but it's going to be all about the performance they get for Dublin. Uh, it's not going to be about the result. It's going to be at the performance. And if they open up in Kildare, 
they'll beat them by probably the same margin that that Kerry beat Cork. But the the I think the need to probably stamp their authority in the game. They need to you know if they go eleven points up like they did against me, they need to show that ruthlessness that we've associated with Dublin in the past and go twenty points up then by the end. You know. Yeah. So I think that's what it's going to be about for Dublin this weekend. It's not about them winning. It's about how much they're going to win by. Yeah. Before we finish up, I love asking tough questions that make you think. We were talking about footballer of the year earlier. If you had to pick four players that would make your shortlist at the minute, who would it be? Darren McCurry would be one. Uh, Darren McCurry definitely would be one. Uh, Paddy Clifford, the other. Um, uh, God. Um, you would be saying you you would have to take. Uh, I th- I think Aidan O'Shea has been absolutely superb um, as well. Uh, that's three. Do you need four? Yeah, well, I thought you were going to say. Monaghan. You would have to say. You would have to say. Uh, again, you would have to put McManus in there. Or close, close to getting McManus in there as well. That's interesting. You said Paddy and not a, not David. So at the minute he's ahead. No, for you. definitely, Doc's definitely Paddy ahead of uh, David at the moment. Now that might change in the next couple of the, the games because when it comes to play of the years or all stars, it usually works on a on a semi final or final basis, doesn't yeah, it? Like yeah. so, it'll it'll really all come down to that. But certainly, those are the guys. That I think. I think even you could throw in Milo there, who was brilliant the last day and, and had a good day out the first day as well. But certainly for me, Darren McCurry has been absolutely superb, had a really good National League, but has has a superb championship. Um, Aidan O'Shea has been very good. Uh, but Paddy Clifford, you know, had a brilliant, brilliant league campaign and, and brilliant championship so far as well. So, you know, those are the, probably the main pickouts for me at, at this moment in time. Yeah, I'd say I have to agree with you. I'd definitely put Darren McCurry in there anyway. Uh, and Paddy Clifford, I think, is better than David at the minute. But as you can, as you said, it can all change pretty fast. So. Oh, big time. Yeah, so thanks for the chat. And we look Thank forward you. to the games. Yes, Keanu, thanks. And speak soon. Yeah.